rickshaw here in Varanasi, India. This is the $5 Planet Travel Podcast. I'm Tomo. And I'm Megzi. And we bring you the formula to discover travel freedom. Step one, every Thursday, we'll show you how to travel the world in style, full time, for as little as $300 per person per month. Step two, every Monday, we interview digital entrepreneurs who reveal the methods to creating a location-independent online income. So subscribe on iTunes now and discover travel freedom for yourself with the $5 Planet Travel Podcast. This is Travel Thursdays, episode 007. Our feature destination is Varanasi. It's the oldest living city on earth. It's a fascinating cauldron. There's no place else like Varanasi, that's for sure. Anybody who's serious about travel in India definitely needs to get there sooner or later. And we tell you how to save a fortune by not getting scammed. Are you a scam magnet? Are you walking into a country and are people looking at you going, yes, he's going to be easy to rip off. And we also stuff some buttery goodness into our faces. So it's just covered in butter. <laughs> Everything's <laughs> fried in butter in India. Filthy awesome. Well, hello, everybody. Uh, so first up today, we are a few episodes into this podcast now. So uh, thanks to everyone who has already left us comments, emailed us, tweeted us, thank generally you, said hello, you. signed up to email lists and all that sort of bollocks. We love it. Thank you. Yes, thank you. If you need help discovering travel freedom, which is what we're all about, then you could also just email us, info at $5planet.com with the number five. And the questions you're asking is stuff that other people are asking as well. We'll be more than happy to just throw these features in the show and give you some real good advice. Yeah, so hopefully we're not just crapping on here and you guys are actually enjoying and, and learning some things from what we're doing here. Let us know! Yes, yeah, we want to know exactly what it is that you guys enjoy hearing in every show. Let's talk about the origins of why we even started this podcast in the first place and why is it called The $5 Planet. Well, actually, The $5 Planet has existed for quite a while, over a year now. Uh, it's something we'd really like you guys to be involved with, not just as listening, but the original project. Yeah, absolutely. This was something we reached out to people in the community, like in, on the internet and just people that we knew as well, because we wanted to create an interactive map of the world that shows $5 local food and fun experiences that anybody can enjoy. So it can be in your own backyard. Other people who live in your town might not know about it, but you do. So share it. Yeah. Do you know places that other bloggers had been? not just necessarily their hometown, where they found something really cool that's not the sort of thing that's generally featured in the top 10 things to do in Varanasi or in New Trip York or wherever the hell you are. Yeah, you know, just this cool local stuff that's just interesting that when you actually go and live in these places or spend a couple of months there rather than just spending a day there, you can go and try out these things. And they're all really cheap. There's something that anyone can afford to do. Yeah, and this is how we always manage to travel really cheaply. We find things that you can do, eat, see, whatever, for $5 or less. And, you know, it keeps us entertained, so we share it with you. Yeah. So one of the many ways we keep our budget so unbelievably low to, like, $23 per person per day over the last two years is by doing entertainment that's local and cheap or yeah. free. And it's been awesome. We've done some really cool stuff. Yeah, so we've got loads of suggestions on the map already, but we would really love you guys to join in as well and contribute your $5 tips. Go to $5planet.com slash map. Take a look at what's already there, and then you just push that big yellow button and go, Yes! I want to be involved! I've got the best idea ever! <laughs> There's this little donut shop down the road that nobody knows about, but damn, those donuts are good and they're really cheap. And if we mention your tip on the show, we'll give you a shout-out too. Yeah, and we give you a link back to your blog, so people who look at our map, they can see that you suggested that, and maybe they'll take a look at your blog or email you and go, Oh, so you've been to this place and you found this cool stuff. You know, it's all a community, it's all a network, that's what we're about. Yep, sharing the love. Yep, so go to $5planet.com slash map and take a look at the big old map and give us some suggestions. Okay, right now, it's story corner time. 
Story Corner. I promised in the last episode that I was going to do Angry Scotsman. I've been trying to talk him out of this for days. No, you haven't. No, you love it. I Everybody no, loves no one, Angry Scotsman. No, nobody likes Angry Scotsman. That dude in Mexico that I screamed at that one time, he loved Angry Scotsman. <laughs> <laughs> Walking down the street in Ensenada in Mexico, I just screamed Scottish at this dude. And he was like petrified. People just don't know how to react. And so they're so shocked, they laugh. And you take it the wrong way. <laughs> no, they laugh because it's hilariously yeah. shocking. Well, so we can answer this once and for all. I think people hate Angry Scotsman. You think everybody loves Angry Everyone Scotsman. Everyone does. We're going to let you be the judge. Yeah, tweet us at $5 Travel. Do you like Angry Scotsman or not? Hashtag Angry Scotsman. Hashtag, oh, it's a new hashtag. Hashtag Angry Scotsman. All right, well, I should stop messing around here because you're all like, what the fuck are they talking about? But I'm going to have to move away from the microphone a little bit if we're going to do Angry Scotsman oh, shit. for this Prepare show. Yourselves, because this is really quite a loud accent compared to some of my other interesting accents. <laughs> so, today, the world... <laughs> <laughs> Today, we're talking about scams in Asia, because scams make me really angry! <laughs> I think I just peeked out the microphone. I think you destroyed it all. It's I'm going to have to move back even further. I peeked out the microphone already. They took the scams make me really angry! <laughs> I'm still peeking the microphone out, and I'm sitting, I'm sitting like He's a like meter away from it now. in the next room! <laughs> If you go to Asia and there's scams that steal your money and I don't like it! Uh, I'm peeking out the microphone big time. Wow. There's nothing we can do really. We're just not professional enough to deal with these sorts of problems. Alright, I'm going right across the other side of the room. And hey, there's scams in Asia! They really piss me off! Still, no. Yep. No, it's all fucked. I can't do it quietly. No, <laughs> otherwise it wouldn't be angry. You don't have a quiet, angry Scotsman, it doesn't make sense. And also, I don't know how I'm going to tell the whole story in that voice. No. Because no one will be able to understand you what the You will lose your voice about. by the end. Yeah, that's also a problem. Angry Scotsman can just introduce the story and then we will tell it in a normal voice. How's that sound? Alright then, here we go. Okay. This story is about taxi scams and I don't like them! Can we actually get on with the story now, please, crazy Scotsman? Uh, okay. Sure, why not? The story today, and the question we're really asking is, are you a scam magnet? Are you walking into a country and are people looking at you going, yes, he's going to be easy to rip off. Easy target. Easy. You don't want to be an easy target, do you? And the best way to not be an easy target is to actually have a little bit of knowledge about what sort of scams are going on in the countries you're visiting and how to respond to people who are trying to scam you, which I generally just tell them to get fucked. Well, yeah. <laughs> Tell him he's dreaming. <laughs> That's a, an Australian solution to, to most problems. Yeah, but lots of countries have problem with taxi scams. I, even in Australia, had a guy try and scam me. We were down on the Gold Coast and he was like, oh, it's this much for the fare. And we were like, no, in Australia you go on the meter. And he's like, well, if you want to go home, then you'll pay this price. And we're like, fuck off, dude. Just because it's 3am. Oh my God. Couldn't yeah. believe it. But that said, Asia does seem to be the capital of taxi scams. Yeah, India was especially bad and oh, China. Yeah. China I don't well. even want to get started on India. I'll get even more angry Scotsman on your ass <laughs> if I start talking about India. Jesus. But one of the biggest rip-offs that we encountered was when we flew into Qingdao Airport. And we had actually read up on this in advance, so we knew what was coming. As soon as we walked out, you know, token white people with backpacks, we got swarmed by taxi guys, and we asked... The taxi mafia. Taxi mafia. Don't trust them. And we knew how far we had to go, we knew how much it should cost, and they quoted us, because their meters were broken, of course, a hundred yuan. 
which is about 17 USD to get there. Now you may think that's an all right price for a taxi. In China, it's not at all. Like that is a mega scam. Quite often you've just arrived, you know, you've been on a long flight, you're tired, you don't want to deal with it. So you just pay it, right? You are just exactly what they want. Yeah, you are the scam magnet. Yeah. We know you're tired, but really it's not that hard to wander out of the airport and get a regular taxi. That's what we do. That's we just we tell them to piss time. off. If they don't come down to the price that we want to pay, or at least reasonable, where we negotiate, we, we try and barter yeah. with them. If they were close to the price we wanted, we'd go, all right, screw it, we're not going to wander around Yeah, for but these minutes. guys were, like, sometimes these mafias are hardcore and they will not drop the price. Like, every single one of them is in on it. They'll all charge the high price, and if someone does drop the price, they're likely to actually get beaten up by the other guys. It's really ruthless. We just quite often just walk outside of the airport grounds, hail a regular taxi that's not part of the mafia, and pay Half of the price. Half the price? This was a fifth of the price. Yeah, actually, this guy who picked us up did take us on the meter, and it was only about 4Ks, and it cost us 18 yuan. It's about $3. Yep. Compared to the guys in the airport wanted 100 yuan minimum. dollars About 17 That's bucks. That's a big difference. And yeah, this is a huge difference. When you think about this, if you're paying five times the price for your taxis throughout your trip for a year, we're talking about if you were paying like $20 a week in taxi fares, now you're paying $100 a week in taxi fares, that's like an extra, that's up real quick. That's like real an extra quick. three grand. Like, what would you rather be doing with $3,000? I'd rather be going scuba diving or something. Hells to the yeah. Yeah. I'd much rather be going scuba diving than giving it to people who are overcharging exactly. me for taxis. But you know, these crazy. taxi scams are sort of unavoidable. We've been ripped off. Other people have been ripped off. But it's all just about being aware and being willing to barter with these guys. Yeah, and if they won't barter, you've got to walk away. Don't put up with their shit. Yeah, and we do never, ever, ever put up with their shit. If they don't start to drop the price after the first, like, two sentences out of my mouth, I'm like, see you later. Yeah. And then they either start to drop the price, or they go back to try and pitch some other new foreigner who's turned up, who they know they could rip off a bit easier than me. That's yeah. the thing. I mean, they work it on an average that if most people will pay the high price, don't bother taking someone who won't just say, screw you. Yeah. They, that's how they do it. They know they're going to be able to rip off someone else. But don't be the person they rip off. No, be the person who keeps the money in their wallet. Be the person who had a five minute walk through the airport car park to find a taxi outside the airport and save yourself 15 bucks. And I much process. prefer to reward honest people anyway. Yeah, I mean, these people who go on the meter, they get a tip out of us. Yeah, we always tip them. If they're honest, they go on the meter. We give them a little bit extra just for being a decent person. Yeah, we're trying to change the world of taxis one taxi at a time. I don't think we can do it, but... no. Maybe if everybody starts doing it and realizing these things, then maybe it'll happen. But it's hard because people who are business travelers or whatever, they just paid $10,000 for their first class flight. They don't give a shit about spending an extra $10 on a taxi. They really don't. No, but if you're a budget traveler, you've got to do what you can. Yeah, and this is how we keep our budget so low. One of the other things with taxis is that sometimes in Asia, they are a little bit dodgy. I mean, sometimes they're dodgy in every country. It's not just because they're trying to rip you off. But we do hear stories of people getting into a taxi quite late at night, or maybe they're by themselves, or it's a single female, and they just get driven out somewhere and robbed, and then they just get left there with no stuff. Yeah, so A, don't be flashing your stuff about. Don't try to take taxis by yourself late at night. If you have to, at least try and spot someone who seems honest. Don't just get into the first taxi that drives past. You yeah. know, maybe speak to them for 30 seconds first, just to see, like, is this going to be safe for me? Yeah. Because, yeah, this does happen. Don't be put off from going to Asia because it's not as common as you may think. No. But it does happen. But also the major thing is to be insured. Like, have your shit covered anyway. So if it does happen to get stolen, then you're sorted. It doesn't matter because you're covered with insurance. Yeah, it's not the end of the world. And make sure that your like laptop's backed up somewhere on the cloud, on the internet or something like that. This sort of stuff, it's going to be a real pain in the ass. But at least if you're insured and you've got backups of all your stuff, 
then it's just going to be a matter of a few days sorting it out and then it's done. Yeah, it's better than you ending up getting hurt. Yeah, or losing your entire business because oh it's all God. on your laptop and you haven't backed it up. Oh, fuck. We actually have a discount code for World Nomads, as you probably know if you listen to our episodes. Yeah, so if you are looking for an insurance policy, uh, we do have 5% discount at the moment. All you need to do is use WN5DP, World Nomads $5 Planet, and you'll get 5% off. Yeah, just jump on our link, $5planet.com slash World Nomads. And then put in that code and you save a whole fucking bunch of money yep. on your and, insurance. And then you have your mind sorted that you know that your laptop is covered and your DSLR and your iPad and your whatever else you can. Yeah, because this is proper digital nomad insurance with World Nomads. That's why we recommend them as the best one to go with. For sure. For sure. So right now we've got our Varanasi feature coming up. We're going to be talking to Mary Ellen from BreatheDreamGo.com all about lots of India stuff, some cool shit to do around Varanasi, which is one of the oldest living cities in the world. It's really the cool. oldest. Really cool city. Yeah, we loved visiting Varanasi. I mean, India is a fucking mental place, and the taxis there are even worse <laughs> than China, as we were saying yeah. before. But the actual experience, a lot of the places you get to see, and the history is fascinating, and the food. Oh, yeah. Oh, the food. Yeah, so let's get on to our feature destination. Do have to make a quick apology about the sound quality. This is one of the older interviews that we recorded before we knew what the hell we were doing. Don't worry, in a few weeks time we'll have been through all of the old interviews and the higher quality audio is coming. So bear with us for this episode. My blog is Breathe Dream Go. It started as an India travel blog. I've expanded it and I, I also call it the Meaningful Adventure Travel Blog. It's largely about three different things really. One of them is destination specific, which is India. One of them is this idea of meaningful adventure travel, having a deeper engagement with travel than simply skimming through the sites. And then the third is I'm an advocate of female solo travel because I'm a female solo traveler. My association with India dates back about actually almost exactly nine years. December 5th, 2005, I flew to India for the first time. This was my, you know, trip of a lifetime. This was my uh, me following my dreams. This is my seventh trip to India, and I usually stay this, you know, for a long time. Um, this time I'm here for six months, so it's I, I'm almost almost halfway to being a local. Could you tell us why do you love Varanasi? Why do you keep going back? It has an amazing energy that's kind of indescribable. Anybody who knows anything about Varanasi knows it's a very, very intense place. It's also, of course, got an incredibly rich cultural heritage. It's an extremely spiritual, it's the most spiritual city to Hindus on earth. It's like the Mecca of Hinduism. It's known as a seat of learning. It's the oldest living city on earth. It's a fascinating cauldron. I, I mean, there's no place else like Varanasi, that's for sure. I mean, anybody who's serious about travel in India definitely needs to get there sooner or later. But my advice is to be prepared. Can you tell us a little bit about the history of Varanasi? It was originally called Kashi, which means City of Light. And it was established so long ago that it's before history. It's like, But it's mentioned in the Ramayan, which is one of the epic books of India. And, and that book is 5,000 years old. So it's at least 5,000 years old. Mm. And it's also mentioned, I believe, in the Vedas, which are even older. In fact, they're prehistory. Nobody even really knows the full historical extent of the Vedas, which are the, I believe they're the oldest scriptures on earth. So we're talking, I'm just estimating here, 8,000 years. And considering it's been a, you know, a living city, like an extant city ever since, that's pretty amazing. But the reason that it was established where it is, why it's such a spiritual place, is because in the whole 1,500 kilometer long flow of the Ganga Ganges River, it's the only place where the Ganga flows backwards. It flows north and it flows the other direction than it normally does. Normally it flows from north up in the Himalaya down to the Bay of Bengal in the south. 
that this is the only place that flows the other direction. You know, in Hinduism, you know, there's a belief that if you die in Varanasi, you will achieve moksha. You will not have to return. You will break the cycle of life and rebirth. And, you know, you'll achieve the highest, well, they call it moksha, like mm-hmm. nirvana. Yeah. So that's the reason Varanasi is the way it is. And, in fact, all those amazing buildings that line the ghats for kilometers, that's um, those are all former Maharaja palaces. The Maharajas of, of old built their palaces there, and it, so they would go there near the end of their lives and die there. And that's why it's got that amazing sort of medieval architecture. Sometimes it reminds me of Europe, like Venice or something. More from our guest Mary Ellen from breathedreamgo.com a little later. When you come to Varanasi, doing the boat ride is pretty much an essential part of the experience. Here's a little bit more about our trip down the Ganges. So we've stepped off the shore into this little rowboat and the difference between being on land in India and being out here in this calm, peaceful waterway is quite astounding. We're used to the screaming horns and the the shouting that you get walking around everywhere in India. This is tranquil. Yeah, surprisingly peaceful. Right now the sun is setting just down the river and behind all of the amazing temples. So you've got the colors of sunset mixed with all these very colorful buildings, reds and yellows. And yeah, this is the best time to come out on the river for sure. Absolutely. Varanasi is beautiful and you probably won't appreciate it until you actually take a boat ride, I don't think. Yeah, because the town itself is pretty dirty. So you walk around trying to avoid stepping in cow shit because it's everywhere. And um, then you come out on the river and go, okay, this is what this place is about. Wow, amazing. Yeah, we're just kind of riding along and watching people bathe in the Ganges, which is... uh, Something the locals do, but I wouldn't wouldn't recommend. (laughs) It's not the cleanest river in the world. As you might know, this is the place that they bring um, their dead bodies to be cremated and then they send them off into the Ganges. It's like a final resting place for many uh, Hindu believers. Yeah, so we're actually approaching the burning place now and our boatman is rowing us towards it. Yeah, we're not allowed to film or take any pictures here, which is, you know, it makes sense. It's disrespectful. Yeah, it's uh, out of respect for the dead. But um, the smell in the air, the wood that they use, it sort of... It doesn't of, smell. Yeah, it, like, stops I mean, the, it stops the bodies from smelling when they burn the bodies. Yeah, it's a it nice neutralizes smell, it. which is weird to say for burning bodies, but it's, it's, a, it's not an unpleasant smell, which is what I thought it would be. And uh, the best news about this, of course, is uh, it's way less than $5 per person. You may see it advertised online for as much as $40 per person. Don't pay it! Don't do it! It's crazy. All you need to do is walk down to the riverfront and there will be about 100 different boatmen all trying to get you in their boat you can negotiate your price you can make sure they speak enough english by talking to them first before agreeing barter you will not have a problem getting a boat believe barter me your ass off, yeah seriously barter uh, hard. if you barter really hard you should be able to get the one hour boat ride for about 200 rupees come down here to the river to the riverbanks about 40 minutes before sunset and get yourself a boat ride and you will not regret it more from us in baranasi after the second part of our interview with mary ellen if you're in Varanasi and you wanted to go and do something for less than $5, can you recommend a couple of great experiences at that price? There's a sort of a street food or a snack food in India called Chaat, C-H-A-A-T, Chaat. And Delhi and Mumbai are both very well known for Chaat. However, um, what I've discovered is that Chaat actually originally comes from Varanasi. And it's basically a Chaat called Tamatar. It's made from tomatoes. It's also called tomato kichat. It's like mashed up beans and tomatoes. I don't even know everything that's in it, but it's kind of like this mashed up yummy comfort food, a spicy version of comfort food. And there's a famous place called uh, Kashi Chat Bandar, Kashi Chat 
Bandar, and it's it's in um, Godawalia, which is near the the main Ghat, the Dash Ashwamedha Ghat, the main Ghat where the RT is held. My second top tip for an under five dollar experience in Varanasi is to take a rickshaw out to Banaras Hindu University. It's got a huge, beautiful grounds. You can walk around. It's very park-like. It has a very old-fashioned feeling to it. Uh, again, very hard to put into words, but you do feel like you're stepping back in time, like this is a university in the 1930s or something. They have a, a large Vishwanath, which is also the, a name for Shiva, a Vishwanath temple, which is really interesting to go to. It's a beautiful temple, and they've got market stalls. You can spend a whole afternoon there. Finally, we asked Mary Ellen about her next great adventure in India. I'm doing a series of blog posts here in India, which I'm really excited about. In October, I followed in the footsteps of Mirabai. Mirabai was a 16th century female princess, actually, and poet who uh, left a traditional, her traditional life and became a traveler. In the 16th century, she traveled around North India and wrote these songs of love to the god Krishna. And I, I got an explorer's grant from Kensington Tours, and I um, used it to travel around and go to all the main sites associated with Mirabai in North India. And I'm writing a blog series about it. The first one, Lost in Vrindavan, is already published on my site, Breathe, Dream, Go. I really did have a fascinating journey, and it's a good story. So I, I hope you join me on the Mirabai expedition. Thanks again to Mary Ellen from BreatheDreamGo.com. In the Hindu religion, the Ganges River is considered a divine spirit, and every night you can take your seat by the riverbanks to watch the ceremony of the RT. We are at the evening ceremony, which happens every single evening here in Varanasi. Yeah, the air here is thick with incense, and there's literally hundreds and hundreds of people around just this one ghat. And there's loads of ghats all the way along the river. A ghat is like a Hindu temple. So this ceremony is a dedication to Shiva. Of course, everybody loves Shiva here. And also to the Ganges River, also to the sun, fire, and the entire universe. And they sort of face in all different directions, going around in a circle. And every time they go around in a circle, it's a different dedication to one of the different elements. All these guys are dressed up in their traditional clothing. At the moment, he's holding this thing that almost looks like a, a lamp out of Aladdin. And it's got smoke billowing out of it. But no genie! Sense. Where's the genie? No, the genie is in the smoke, perhaps, his secret genie. Yeah, they move these around, all in sequence. There's four guys on this group. There's even boats just parked up, maybe a hundred. Yeah, you can organise to get your boat tour to bring you here at the time that the ceremony happens. Yeah, then you can watch from the river rather than sitting in the stands like we are. Yeah. And um, the other thing is it's free to come along, of course. This is a religious dedication. There's no expectation of payments. Yay, now it's my favourite time. Five dollar food. We're going to eat some Indian. Nom, 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 nom. Indian or Indians? Indian food. Okay. So it's a beautiful blue day and we saw this restaurant from downstairs whilst walking along the Ganges and thought, okay, there's going to be a good view from up there. Yeah, it's like the best view along, along the yeah, water side of the Ganges for because sure. Because it's unobstructed, there's no other buildings in front of us. We've come up to the roof terrace. It's a lot of stairs. Yeah, there's like six floors of stairs there's and no there's no elevator. Lift. If you guys have been following our blog at all, you'll probably know that we're well into street food. So coming to a, what looks like quite a fancy restaurant might seem a little bit out of character for us. But we've been looking at the menu here and really you're paying about $3.50 for a main course, which yes, that's like three or four times the price you'd pay for street food. But the view we've got, oh, seriously, it's yeah, it's really worth it. And it's much quieter and more peaceful up here than it was down and on the And they have Wi-Fi. 
Yeah. So, you know, that's a bonus. Yeah, I've got Wi-Fi. This is the only reason we travel, is to find places with Wi-Fi. <laughs> it's important today. Anyway, we're going to order some food, and we'll get back to you in a sec. Right, we've ordered the Malai Kofta, and this has just arrived. It's green! It's bright green. It's really green. It looks like a couple of meatballs in, like, a green spinach sauce. And, and it is a spinach sauce, but the balls aren't made of meat. It's actually a vegetarian dish. Uh, it's like a potato ball with dried fruit in the middle, just like a little ball of dried fruit inside. Yeah, delicious. I love, 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 love these. So this is something like you don't really get in an, on an Indian restaurant menu back home. I haven't home. seen it outside of India. No. Um, definitely worth trying. This has become like my new favorite Indian food. Love mm -hmm. it. And I've picked myself up a paneer masala, which is a pretty typical dish. Uh, we've actually seen this around India already. Paneer is an Indian cheese. It's difficult to describe. It's got a unique texture all of its own. It's somewhere in between feta and tofu, tofu but with a really mild flavor. So it doesn't strongly taste of cheese. And of course, the masala is just your general sauce. So every restaurant you go in, if you get a masala, it's going to be a sort of red colored sauce, but it's going to taste different almost every place you go. They do their own variety. Now, what else have we got here? We got some bread. Of course we have bread, because it's the best part. So what you can get here is your stuffed parata. So it's a flat bread and they've stuffed it. You can get it stuffed with vegetables or sometimes they have it with lamb on the inside. We've got oh, a sweet. vegetable stuffed one and uh, it's fried. So it's just covered in butter. <laughs> Everything's fried in butter in India. Filthy awesome. But uh, it's really, really tasty. So we've got a couple of breads, we've got a couple of curries and the total price for that is about nine dollars yeah and that's plenty of food for us because uh, this oh, is rich yeah. buttery stuff stuffed after this. so yeah it's more expensive than getting street food but it's it's just worth it for this view please promise me if you come here that you will eat the curry unlike the people in the table across from us who are eating chips and egg <laughs> don't come to india and eat chips and egg honestly it's time for your travel homework you know you love it, you know you want to do it, the homework you're actually excited to do. Yeah, this is be your first, right? <laughs> exactly. Exciting homework. But what we want you to do is jump on the $5 Planet map at $5dollarplanet.com slash map and just have a look through all of the experiences and food and fun and everything that's less than $5 all around the world that you can do. Yeah, I mean, we were talking about the boat trip in Varanasi earlier, and that's like less than $5 per person. That's on the map. That was so worth it. Yeah, along with loads of other really cool things that are on the map. We just want you guys to be inspired. And also, of course, we're trying to form a bit of a community here. So we'd really love you to come on and add some of your own budget tips and experiences. So, you know, we're helping each other out. It's not just about looking at a map, it's about helping the rest of the community. And of course, we're gonna share your blog or link or whatever you want as a, a backup to say, cool, thanks guys for putting this on the map. Yeah, so if you've got a great $5 tip, let us know. We're really excited to hear them. Yes, I'm excited. You're almost getting angry Scotsman again. No. Excited Scotsman. Excited Scotsman, yay. <laughs> I did a jig. We should make this a video podcast. Then everyone gets so. to see me doing a little jig every time I get excited. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So fivedollarplanet.com slash map. Jump on there. Click the yellow button under the map after you've had a look and submit your own tip. We'd really appreciate it. It'd be awesome. 
Thanks for listening to the $5 Planet Travel Podcast. Show notes and resources for this episode are waiting for you at $5planet.com. So join us again for Money Mondays to learn how to supercharge your online income. Or for Travel Thursdays, we will help you travel like a prince on a pauper's budget. We are waiting for your comments, feedback, and $5 travel tips. So tweet us at $5 Travel with the number 5. Or email info at $5planet.com. I'm Tomo. And I'm Megzi. Catch us again on Mondays and Thursdays on the $5 Planet. Bye for now. Bye-bye. Au Thank you. Origato. <laughs> and pronounced wrong. Domo origato, Mr. Robato. Bye. <laughs>